Chapter 10 Wheel of Fortune That man ditto was something strange. It looked like he'd been through hell inside the pyramid, and yet by some miracle, here he was alive and well, wearing nothing but a plaid blanket. And was he naked under there? I just couldn't get over that. How could one man travel with nothing but a blanket and not a worry in his mind? Now Ditto lounged by the tree with one leg contorted up around his other knee while he leaned over like a big old monkey. Every time he caught me looking, I saw a twinkle in his eyes, like he could see right through me. Pondering it all, we left Bianca and the preacher to talk with him alone. But ever since he arrived, there was a sense of frantic energy in the air. I couldn't sit still, and neither could the seven sisters. Then there was Merope, the little fierce one, who swung herself around in circles, dancing excessively to keep her wandering mind occupied. Selino, Alcione, and Teagety were holding hands dancing in a small circle of their own. Then there was Sterope, who was lost in a flow of yogic movements under the clouds as the rain continued to fall over her. Electra was busy picking fresh herbs and plants along the stream, while whispering to herself, crafting a strange concoction in a canteen. Then there was Maya, and she was sitting on the far side of the giant oak tree. She was focused on taking giant deep breaths into her lungs. Ditto pointed at us girls while the preacher and Bianca spoke to him, as if something big was coming. It felt as if the day had gone terribly wrong. I turned around and walked toward Maya. She took a long inhale, and I was going to wait for her exhale, but someone needed to tell me what was happening. What's going on? She continued breathing, minding her own business. Well, I couldn't wait on this slow poke. Walking closer toward Ditto, I meandered toward the coals to eavesdrop on their conversation. My eyes examined the few bags of supplies and food, but my ears couldn't understand what they were whispering about. Leaning closer toward them, a lecture grabbed my arm. Drink this, she demanded. What is it? It's good for you. Now have some, said Electra. She held up a soldier's canteen that the preacher had brought and took a big swig before she handed it to me. Mashed herbs were stuck to her lips when the goofiest smile emerged across her face. Was she going mad? I couldn't quite tell. Make sure everyone gets some, said Electra. I've got to make the moon's medicine for tonight. The remedy was all natural, and being a gardener, I knew that this was as pure as nature could make it. I took a swig and made my way to Teogeti, Selino, and Elchione were dancing together. They were chanting something unusual as I got closer. Three of cups, three of cups, three of cups. They chanted over and over. Hey girls, uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but Electra said we have to drink this, I told them. They paused for a moment when I noticed the wildflowers woven into their hair. They managed to craft small wreaths of delicate flowers into crowns. Is that a cup? asked Teegeti. It is, said Alcione. Three of cups. One by one they raised the cup high and took a swig while the others continued chanting, Three of cups, three of cups, three of cups. What's going on? Has everyone gone insane? They turned to me with huge smiles. I think we're going home, said Selino. Home? Where is that? Oh, she doesn't know. You poor thing, said Alcione. I took the cup back when they continued on. Next I approached Merope, who seemed to be caught in a mystical trance as her dress floated with the wind. She was naked underneath and had no problem allowing the entire forest to take a peek. Without saying a word, she twirled towards me and grabbed the canteen out of my hand. Taking a swig, 
She sprinkled a bit over her forehead so that the mashed herbs were stuck onto her cheeks and chest before she continued dancing on her own. Thank you, my dear, she whispered. This queen has missed her throne. She passed the canteen back when I approached Maya, who was still breathing deeply, with her eyes closed and her back against the tree. I took a seat beside her and let her continue on while I observed the surroundings. You know you can breathe and talk, right? I broke the silence. Do you remember those words I told you? The mantra? Asked Maya. A mantra? Now which one was that? The one that goes, Sa, Ta, Na, Ma. Did I tell you what it means? Said Maya. I shrugged. I'm not sure. The mantra is what's happening. It's always changing over and over again and again. That's our wheel of fortune. That is the life upon this earth. Every day and every night it changes. And tomorrow a new cycle starts. Sa, ta, na, ma. Maya paused and tapped each finger against her thumb. Sa means infinity. The entire cosmos that goes on and on spinning around like a wheel. Ta means life. That's the place we live now. Na means death. And ma, it means rebirth. She looked into my eyes while silence lingered between us. None of us can escape the wheel of fortune, so it's best to be with it, always. And if you ever get scared, just keep repeating, sa, ta, na, ma. That'll bring your mind back home. Touch your fingers against your thumbs, just like I showed you, said Maya. Okay, but what's happening for real? It is happening. We're being called, said Maya. Called for what? Maya raised her hands up in front of me. She connected her ring finger with her thumb and said, Na. Then she connected her pinky finger with her thumb and added, Ma. I don't get it. Na, Ma, said Maya. She took the canteen from my hands and took a swig. Na, Ma, I asked her. Everyone come here, said the preacher. Gather around. His hand was on his chin. He pondered something while he, Bianca, and Ditto gathered us under the giant tree. The rain had gotten lighter, but it never stopped. Now a gentle mist lingered while a fog seemed to cover us like a blanket from above. Everything changes, and it's time we change again, said the preacher. Ditto was smiling at all of us, and it was almost too odd for him to have such joy in this moment. What did he know that we didn't? Is that all? asked Bianca. The preacher turned. What else would you like to add, my dear? said the preacher. Maybe a reading, she said. Oh, of course, said the preacher. He reached into his pocket and grabbed a small holy book with a cross on the cover. The wind peeled it open to a chapter, and rather than turn the page on his own, this holy man pointed at the verse and read aloud. A reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 34, said the preacher. Come near, you nations, and listen. Pay attention, you people. His eyes were pinned on the page. I could see him reading the words in his mind, but he was biting his tongue. What is it, my love? asked Hyanka. This reading is the prophecy of the great tribulation and wrath of God. I'm afraid I'm not familiar with that work. Would you prefer I pull an oracle card? said Bianca. The preacher shook his head. No, not a time for oracles. Isaiah has written it, said the preacher. Bianca pulled the book out of his hands and pointed to the verse. 
The Lord is angry with all nations. His wrath is on all their armies. He will totally destroy them. He will give them over to slaughter. Bianca paused and scanned the rest of the verse. Meanwhile, Ditto observed all of us from behind them. Bianca passed the book back to the preacher and said, Yeah, I'll let you finish it off. Sounds a bit dark. Holding the holy book, the preacher looked upon us before continuing. These pages. I know what it says, but I don't know if that's what I believe. He paused when the wind spoke. Isaiah's words explain God's wrath, and it is Isaiah who tells us how blood will soak the land and that smoke will rise forever. But I have not come all this way to proclaim a message of doom. No, it is not in my heart to believe that the end is here, for I am not standing where Isaiah stood, and so I will not spend my days living in fear. We decide for ourselves how this life goes. Isaiah was one man who wrote how it could be, but how do you see it? I choose to believe that God has blessed us, and I choose to believe that whatever God's will is, God's will be done. If this prophecy is true, then it is the land that must change before the people take Earth's power seriously. And if our great mother of Earth has had enough, then let us be like the animals, as Isaiah tells us. For it is the animals that will reclaim the land. And so I say to you, be like the birds that roam the marsh, and you will see how the raven and the owl tend to this place. Wild beasts of the sea will merge with wild beasts from the land. From the deserts to the vast plains, all the creatures will come together, and even the screech owl shall rest there. Then the satyr will cry out when he finds a place for his holy lady to rest. There the wise owl will make her nest, and there the great eastern sun shall rise for all to see. New eggs will be laid, and they will hatch and gather under the night creature's shadow. Even the vultures will be there, and they all will come with their own mate. From there it is the creatures who will roam the land and take care of earth forever. They will dwell there from generation to generation. If mankind has let this planet down, then mankind must learn from the creatures and reunite with her earth. The book had been closed for his entire sermon, and I became aware that this man knew much more about the religious doctrine and written faith than I had cared to ask. Now even the wind waited, as we were all curious as to what he might say next. We are creatures of this earth, and so it is time to stand with her animals and plants. It is Isaiah who tells us that the birds will be fortunate, for only they will transcend the suffering to see how it is. Then let us be like the phoenix and rise from the ashes of our past. Whatever God wills upon us, know that our ending is not here. We are creatures of the earth's shadow, and a new beginning is near. Without another word, Ditto knelt before the preacher and began to touch his feet. What was going on here? Is anyone else seeing this? Ditto was fascinated with the preacher's feet, and even the preacher seemed to be confused. My guru, please rise. Teacher, there is no need to touch my feet. It is I who honor you, said the preacher. Ditto couldn't stop peering into his eyes, and so the preacher began to weep when tears rushed down his face, and so Ditto spoke. The phoenix is no different than our own soul. It will always continue on, and so we will always rise. It is the nature of our spirit to ascend forever. The soul cannot be killed, it cannot be harmed, and even if it is burnt by flames or pressed under the weight of the sea, 
our form will be reborn from the earth's remains. There is no such thing as death, only ashes before rebirth. After tonight's moon, a new tribe of excellent beings will flourish upon her earth. Ditto paused to look at each of us intently with a very stern gaze. Give it all back to the earth. Whatever happens, be one with her land, and you will be one with God. You are not called here for something easy, but rather you were called for a life worthwhile and true. A great shift has come to us, and the earth has spoken. May we count on you, said Ditto. Of course, said Alcyone. Yes, me too, said Teagete. But why were you touching the preacher's feet? Everyone turned to look at me. Well, I didn't mean to kill the vibe, but it's unusual if I'm being honest. Because when he spoke, I saw my greatest teacher in his eyes, and I wanted to make sure he knew what I saw, said Ditto. Now Ditto reached into his plaid blanket to reveal a small stone. It was a blackish gem, speckled with dazzling blue spots. Merlinite, I whispered. Ditto nodded. You know your gems, Missy, that I want you to have this one. It's my wishing stone, but I'm afraid I've only got one wish left. Use it wisely. He winked and dropped it into my hand. Then he approached Merope before reaching into his blanket and handing her a stone. It was different than the one he'd given me, and now he whispered something in her ear. Then he moved to Sterope, Selino, Teagete, Electra, Alcyone, and last was Maya. He gave them all a unique stone before whispering a secret message in their ears. Coming back to the center, Ditto hugged the preacher and held his shoulders staring into his eyes. Wow. Just wow. Don't you see it's all perfect? But what happens next? He paused with that big smile of his. Soon the phoenix will rise, and then you will look after her land, said Ditto.